This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome back to the Hot Mess Express here today to talk all about 90 Day Fiancé. I am so excited to cover episode three of season nine. What a fun season it's been so far. A 90 Day Fiancé, where no one communicates and everyone's mad. I am your host and conductor of the Hot Mess Express, Peter Zanvikili, ready to break all of this down for you. Now, every week, I've got a guest with me to go along the journey, get on the train here, and... I don't really need to do an introduction for this one, but I'll try my best. Okay. He is one half of the Nothing But Netflix podcast. He is one half of the Bel Air podcast. He is one half, one third of the Atlanta podcast and was one third of the Insecure podcast over on Post Show Recaps. He's probably the one half of many other podcasts to come. But for today, he's one half of this episode. It is the one and only Chappelle in the building. Chappelle, how are you doing today? Puya, what's happening? We back. We back, baby. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> Puya, it feels good. I haven't, I feel like we haven't, I mean, have we really? I mean, we did the Big Brother thing, but you and I have not done a one on one podcast since Bel Air ended. So this feels good. I'm, I'm, thank you for welcoming me back, uh, you know, to 90 Day. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Of course, man. We're happy to have you here. I, you know, I have to find a way for us to talk once again. And what better way to, uh, dissect some shenanigans from these couples the minute dude i watched the first episode and we i already booked you for a slot at that point but i knew i couldn't wait to find out what Chappelle's thoughts are on these couples yes i have thoughts um yeah you know you were my introduction into 90 day i loved talking about the other way with you and so um i was like oh you know, like it's kind of overwhelming to think I had to jump into season nine because I was like, what if I don't know enough about the old stuff? What if they bring back people I don't really know? But Puya, I was so excited to find out that the only two people that we see, like they seem like they came back from previous season are Aryan Binyam from The Other Way. And so I was like, I know them. I know them. So I got super excited. I'm happy to meet these new people. I've been listening to the podcast. And so, yeah, I have some thoughts and I'm ready to talk about it. I'm excited, man. Now, that's the beauty of 90 Days that if you do not keep up with the show or you skip a season here or there, they give you a fresh cast usually to deal with. And the lore is just a bonus. So if you've been watched everything else leading up, that's a little bit of a treat for you. But luckily, no previous lessons needed here. We can just dive right in. And <laughs> how about we go directly to South Dakota to kick things off? Let's go over to Jibri and Miona. Now, Chappelle. We come into this episode, Jibri has already rolled out the red carpet at the airport. He has welcomed his queen, Miona, to the States. And he takes her to the car, to the pickup, of course, to um, 
get her to home, but not before he sits her up into in the pickup in the back of the pickup and then brings out her gifts. Now, Shabelle, you live in the South. What did you think of the gifts presented by a Jibri to Miona here? I loved them. I am a Texan through and through. So pink cowboy boots as a gift, like that's not something that I would give. But I see that kind of stuff all the time here. Like, I mean, we take our cowboy boots very seriously, take our cowboy hats very seriously. But yeah, I don't know if you remember that time I went to that wedding and I had that light up cowboy hat. Do you remember oh, how remember. happy I was? Yeah. Right. Like, that's the energy that I have. So when I saw this, I was like, hey, if you're going to do it, you do it. And she seemed to like it. I I like Miona a lot. I do. Um, I don't know if that's a hot take, but I love that she accepts Jabri for who he is, you know, like she showed up knowing that he was this goofball who could roll out a red carpet and give her pink cowboy boots and all this other stuff. And, and she was fine with it. You know, it wasn't like she showed up and like, Oh, who are you? Like, I thought you were different. Like a, like, let me maybe like a Steven and Alina, you know, where she showed up and like, "Mm, you're kind of childish. She knew this man was childish and she still went and she's getting the childish guy that she wanted. And I'm loving it. I like these two together. Yeah. And I mean, that's the thing, right? Is that um, when it comes to these couples, They've been dating for a minute, but then all of them have had this two year long distance gap because of the pandemic. So she comes back in, feels immediately like everything. It's this is the Jibri that I know and love back at it again. I love that Jibri tells us, you know, I could have done flowers and chocolate, but you know me, I'm extra. I do things differently. Okay, Jibri, you're doing you. But he decides, listen, before we leave, I got to do this. Oh, I got to shout it. Are you doing it with me? He's like, nope, you're doing the solo. And we get the loudest, let's go, out in the airport parking lot. I This energy after an international flight, I couldn't deal with. So all the power to Miona for for a minute. Yeah, I mean, but that's why she took the flight, right? She knew what she was getting herself into. It, mm-hmm. it would be different if this was like a like um, catfish situation or a married at first sight situation where you thought like, oh, I think that this is the type of person I'm going to get and this is what's presented to me she's getting exactly what she knew she was getting she knows this is the guy that she flew across the country for so if she didn't think that's what she was going to get energy wise she wouldn't have come so I think this is right on brand now for me a little extra little extra (laughs) but that's but that's not for me you know that's Miona Miona this is for her and he's excited Chappelle, uh, you know, a little behind the scenes for people. We're about to meet up in less than a day here in New York. So if I pull let's up to go. the airport and hit you with the let's go at the airport, are you going to walk up to me or are you going to pretend you don't know me? What's going to happen? Yeah, I will tackle you at the airport. We're going to jail. We'll see if they go come take us away. <laughs> Not a I mean, spear. We have a good time. Yeah, straight up spear. It's going to be that one of the, a bear hug or something. TSA is going to tase me. Um, yeah, <laughs> hit me with the let's go, Puya. It's all good. All right, I got you, man. I got you. So here's the thing. You 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 did mention she knows exactly what she signed up for. They seem to be on the same page until they get in that vehicle and the big overarching story that has been looming for the last couple episodes comes to a head again in this car where me Jibri is suddenly he's trying to inception Miona. Every step he gets, he's trying to throw out, how about we, you know, you like this, right? We can stay here for like seven months, eight months, save some money. It's like, no, I'm ready to go to California. I'm ready to go to Los Angeles. I want the heat. And Jibri's clearly made up his mind that they need to stay here, but he has not talked to her about it. And she is listening to him, but also does not want to believe that is what he wants. So again, when I said at the top that the communication on this show is lacking, 
they are two of the biggest offenders where both of them are clearly not having the conversation they need to have because this is already setting up to be bad and they haven't even gotten to the house yet, Chappelle. Right, but I think in the first episode, uh, Jibri's mom pointed out that she's probably going to want to be in like California or something. She you knew. Know? Yeah, and so if she knew, that means he knew. And so he, he for me, is the bigger offender here. Now, don't get me wrong. She came here thinking, okay, I'm going to eventually move to California, probably be in a more, like, um, situation that's probably more uh, suitable to what she's, you, you know, interested in. But, like, this is South Dakota, Puya. I don't blame her at all. I'm sorry to all the South Dakotans listening to this, but if you could choose between California and South Dakota, I'm picking California every time. If if nothing else, just for the weather. But I think this is the thing. She she has that vision of that's how her life is going to be in America. And Jibri is a, a country boy. He is like, I don't need that. I well, would like to be by, by, by my family and kind of like in a smaller well, that's town. That's the so. thing, dude, is that he wasn't like this initially. When they first met, mm-hmm. he lived in California and he was traveling. He's this like superstar musician with a band touring places so he was giving her that you know american lifestyle that she wanted to subscribe to and then the pandemic caused him to move back and she agreed on you know a couple months even at dinner later she mentions yeah till christmas is fine so we're in the fall till christmas is fine then we can move but it's clear Jibri wants to keep moving the the deadline further and it's 100% got to do with money but then it begs the question of do the two of you know how much what your financial situation is right now? Because the way Jibri keeps advertising it, it's as if they're starting at zero. Where oh, he broke, yeah. Puya. He broke. Let's be very clear. He ain't he's got no money. vibes. Yeah, and that's it. Um, <laughs> clearly, he's like, hey, I know you want to move to California, but you might not know this. California is very expensive. A pandemic happened, and I moved back in with my mama. And honestly, moving back in with your folks, Puya. Just regardless of like your relationship with your folks, if they're not making you pay California bills, it'll make you reconsider moving. You know, like you're like, okay, this is kind of nice. You know, um, sure, they kind of overbearing sometimes, but rent is way cheaper. You know, like I come home to a couple meals every now and then. It's nice. So she's like, hey, let's go back to that expensive California living you showed me. He's like, I can't really afford that. And also kind of comfortable. So I, I see where he has hesitation, but it's not going to last. Like there's no way you're going to be able to keep this woman in South, uh, South Dakota. It's just not happening. No, she is not happy with that at all. But then he does ask her in the car, like, uh, what are your feelings? Are you excited to see my family? Miota tells her him, I'm worried about your mom and I'm worried about there being a different energy. And it's, be- and then she tells us it's because Jibri's told her that his mom is direct. And when we get to dinner, Chappelle, boy, oh boy, is his mom completely dirt. Mahala is not hiding behind anything when it comes to talking to Miona. And and she's never talked to his mom before. Like, uh, ever? I mean, if they have, it would have been through like a FaceTime, you know, like when you pass the phone and then you talk like four sentences, it's niceties. And then you pass the phone back. I don't think there's been like a deep one on one combo there. Look, if you're about to get engaged, I don't think it hurts to have that conversation, especially if you know that your mom is kind of intense. You want to let her know, like, hey, meet her. Maybe let mom warm up to her now before she gets there, as opposed to she gets there and now she's in this huge culture shock because mom doesn't like her or something like that. Um, But initially, Puya, it looked like mom and dad, they were feeling her. They were like, we love her. She's so great. She's so nice. And And then it kind of shifted. Well, that's the thing. Let me put this down. I feel like Jibri's the one who's more bothered 
Jibri's clearly like the minute his mom started asking her questions at dinner, Jibri's making these weird faces and is very uncomfortable with the level of questioning that's coming in. And I didn't think anything was that insane of a question asking her that telling her, yeah, you've come here in the fall and it's about to start getting cold. Are you ready for that? I don't think that's a red flag question. I don't think that is a problem at all. What's the problem is when she says, oh, I don't really think we're going to be here for that long, but no, I think I'll be ready. Jibri is the one who's bothered because all the questions indirectly are causing her to question Jibri, who's like, I don't want to talk about this. Let's just eat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he, he is a person who makes questionable decisions. And so, oh, yeah, honestly, Booyah, I relate to his energy a lot because um, I make questionable decisions and people will be like, Chappelle, are you sure you want to do that? And it happens. And sometimes you have to just firm it and be like, right, yeah, I'm going to do it because I'm grown and I want to. Um, and other times people can talk you down off these questionable decisions, but you get tired of people constantly trying to undermine you and everything you want to do. Right. Like, so even if it's not the most well out thought out thing, he's been getting this from his mom, his whole life. They're like, you sure you're not taking this too fast. You sure you want to jump off that, tra- that train and, and break your leg, you know, like, and he's like, yeah, but don't question me in front of my mom, like in front of my girlfriend, mom, God, like, geez, I'm trying to get married. I'm an adult. And that's the energy he's giving. Like, like, mom, she just got here. Leave her alone. Like, be positive. And I, again, I feel that be positive vibe because he is the most positive. He is like sunshine and rainbows. And his mom is coming in like a dark cloud of realism and saying, ground yourself really quickly and think about this. And he's like, can I have one day? in the fantasy world before you drag me back down to hell, you know, like let me live with with this girl that I love that I can't, I couldn't wait to get here. I've been dying to be with, and I already got an interesting situation. Like I'm already bringing her to live with my folks, which I'm trying to, I'm kind of getting my head wrapped around that. She's trying to get her head wrapped around that. Y'all are still here trying to give us rules. Like that's enough. Like, just give me a day. Give me a day or two before you start nagging. I hear him. I get it. Again, I disagree with him. Like, these, this, like, I'm, I'm more on your side for you where these aren't horrible questions, but I just know that feeling of like people are constantly saying, like, are you sure you want to do that? Are you sure? Should you be doing that? Are you, are you ready? Have you checked the weather? Have you done this? It's like, no, no, just let me die. You know, leave me alone. <laughs> like, stop questioning me. So, yeah, this was fun to watch, but he's gotta, he's gotta let this go. Cause he, he's all this pouting is just like, it's a little much. Yeah. I mean, it's not a great look when, when his mom talked to him in the first episode trying to say, well, you know, she can't work when she's first here. What are you going to do for money? He didn't want to talk about it. He's like, listen, when it comes to that, I'll hustle. I'll get it done. But what does that mean? Gibri? Stop talking about it mom can we just be positive and that's what he said to us like you know i feel like a lot of the questions they were worrying questions they weren't encouraging questions and Mm -hmm. you know if she was the one saying this i'd be like fair she just flew that's fine everything's fine okay but she you are eating a nice lasagna meal that your mom Mm -hmm. made you eat the lasagna let her ask her questions let Miona if Miona doesn't want to answer something she'll you know say I don't want to talk about that or whatever and they'll respect it I really do think they'll respect it but because he had already come into this with the mindset of mom is going to try and ruin the vibes and I can't have that happen it showed on his face instantly so it made the conversation very awkward now they ask her Brian the dad um asks well, what are you thinking about for like a career? Like, cause you can't work for a little bit, right? She's like, yeah, I'm thinking about, you know, makeup. And, you know, the question comes, is it more of a, you want to do makeup on people or start a line? And she starts getting into talking about that. 
And again, I feel like Jibri's the only one that's upset here, but you know, Miona kind of does tell us in confessional as well that it, you know, she was feeling a little bit thrown off by the questions, which again, you just traveled, you get the pass for sure. But Jibri should know exactly what's happening when you when you walk into the door, because again, this is his family. But I think you raised a good point. It is a very difficult situation to be living under your parents' roof and they immediately give you both responsibilities. I loved when the mom was like, can you, okay, so you guys can do some cleaning and then, you know, take care of one or two meals a week. And she's like, mm-hmm. that's reasonable. I mean, I don't know if it'll taste good, but we'll try. I loved it from Miona. Miona killed it with the parents as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, she's dope. Um, but yeah, that conversation over dinner about the chores and the cooking, mom, I just feel like you could have broached this in a less serious manner. You know, like if, if I think the tone really shifts in a way that Jibri doesn't like. Like I think he's very much upbeat and likes to keep things light. And mom is like, okay, now let's get down to brass tacks. You know, like y'all are going to be doing chores. Also, y'all are going to be covering these meals. Also, like the have you gotten a job lined up? What are you going to be doing? Da, 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 da. Like get through the dinner. Have that conversation organically. You know, like maybe when you're in the kitchen in the morning, be like, hey. Do y'all mind like picking up a meal or two during the week? Sure, you know, but it doesn't feel like I'm interrogating you. And I think that might have been his own insecurities coming out, like him and hers. Like she was already worried that um like the mom wouldn't like her, uh Miona. So Miona's like, you know, it feels like like my my very fears are coming to, to life, right? Like you're interrogating me, you're coming down on us, and you haven't really got to know me yet. I would much rather that conversation happen organically than to feel like, okay, now like sign the contract right here, here and here, or you're going to have to leave. And so maybe that was the issue that they were having. Just the delivery was kind of off. Just a little bit. And, and, you know, they did ask her, so what do you typically eat in service? Like, well, we eat lasagna. I like, oh, okay. It's like, yeah, more of a celebratory thing. It's like, okay, well, we're celebrating right now. So, Hey, they got the celebratory lasagna out there. That was good. Mm. They ate. Then that's kind of all we got from them. And the next time on, we do see Jibri bringing up, hey, so um, we're talking about restarting the band and you and David need to figure your stuff out. So as we learned in episode two, David and Miona do not like each other. David is his best friend from school and and Miona is his partner and they are not going to get along. So I am excited for the next chapter and the introduction of David into this sphere. But I can already tell with these two, there's going to be a lot of speed bumps along the way. Yeah, David better be ready because um, he's going to get cut off if he keep putting on a, putting up a fight. You know, don't don't try to stand between this man and his and his uh, wife, especially his wife that looks like Miona. Like you, sir, you're going to get trampled all over. You get out the way, get out of the way. This is not going to end well for you. If you need to make up, make up because we're trying to get the band back together. Let's move. Yes, please. All right, Chappelle, let's take a quick break. When we come back. We'll dive into all the mess that is Bilal and Shaida. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And we're back. Okay. So, Bilal and Shaida. Probably the most talked about couple for us on the first two episodes of this podcast. Let's get into it. So, the last time we saw Bilal and Shaida, he went through with that prank. They're living in his old home that they didn't. He, that does not have upkeep. She did not like it. She felt a shock to the system. And he was upset that she didn't give him the reaction he was looking for. Now, it's the next day. It's the morning. She apologizes to him and apologizes for how she had acted about the whole situation. He accepts the apology and we're fine. But everything I said about the long flight, about being in shock, about feeling like she's questioning everything, all was true as told by Shaida in her confessional. Chappelle, you are here to talk about Blanche Shaida for the first time. Give me your overarching thoughts on this couple before we get any deeper. Why is Shaida so beautiful? Oh my God. I was like, <laughs> 90 Day the other day didn't hit like this. Uh, but dude, like, these is, these women different, man. I was like, whoa, whoa. I didn't, I didn't know we was doing this. Uh, you know, Jenny and Samit were cool, but these couples here, I was like, okay, y'all got some heat. Um, I love Shaida. Uh, Bilal is there too with his lying ass. Um, this, this joke that he played, this prank, I just think it's so dumb. Um, it, for all the reasons that y'all already outlined, you know, like he's acting like he, she has no reason to expect um, a different lifestyle from him because she's never, you know, been there before. So like I, I could have got here and I was homeless. Would you have left me? Like probably because he describes himself in the first episode as sophisticated ratchet or ghetto or something like that. Right. And a sophisticated hood. And I'm like, well, the sophisticated part is the part you're presenting, right? Like you show up with your suits on, yeah. you go and wine and dine her and all this other stuff. And then you go less sophisticated when you get home, when you identify, you know, when you show her where she's living. So it's like, it's not like she came up with this imagery in her head. That's who you've been touting yourself to be. And so it makes complete sense for her to get there and be like, oh, dang, you know, like it's humble, but also dilapidated, you know, like a lot you know like there's 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 a difference between like homely and also like you know not something that has been lived in currently and it didn't look current um i think she even called it like outdated appliances and stuff like that like she was she she been low-key dragging him for the for like the first two episodes like she'd been going in um but she's not wrong and i think the prank is stupid um because 
a part of me thinks that this was really like to feed his ego. Like, how do you ask somebody to fly across the world for you and then pretend like, oh, well, I just wanted to make sure you were here for me and that I was the, you know, that it wasn't my money or my lifestyle that you were after. And I'm not sure that you passed the test. Like you got like a D in our first impression. I said a D and he's wearing a be grateful shirt. Puya. Somebody yep. should slap that man. Like I was like, where's Sasha? <laughs> Sasha, come drag this man because it didn't make any sense. Like that be grateful shirt. I would have lost it. I would have burnt that house down. Like be grateful. Who the hell do you think you're talking to? Um, but Shaida is a smarter, better person than me after her attitude, you know, cause she did have her moment. Like, and I give her that it was justified. Like, she was giving them some sass, but the next day she does apologize because she's like, I still gotta live here. You know, like I'm so far away from home. I gotta at least apologize to keep the peace. But my initial reaction to Bilal is like, I am not feeling it. Like I'm, I'm sure he's a nice person, but this is rubbing me the wrong way. So I know it's killing her. Yeah. No, this wasn't it. I mean, ultimately you tell someone you're a realtor and then I genuinely believe if the house had the ceiling fixed and like there was uh, like the, Basically, the foundation was like nice up, touched up. I don't think she would have complained at all. I genuinely don't think she would have gone that far. The house was definitely looked like no one was living in it for a long time, which is the fact. But um, that whole interaction, the, the apology and everything, everything Shaida said in confessional, I felt right. Shaida says she has a hard time with not being able to work, right? She like we know she had her, uh, she's a yoga teacher. She does that stuff, but she can't work while she's here. He is her sole mm-hmm. provider. And she basically throws the question of, can you take care of me, Bilal, to the camera? And I can understand why she has some doubt here, because if you are putting on a front by dressing really nice, all your luggage is expensive and, and the lifestyle you're putting out on the internet looks very lavish, that this is the living quarters, then it, you know, it speaks. She is worried that you're bad with your money. She is worried that there might not be any money. She is worried that there was some bad investment, whatever the case is. Her mind is wandering, but she calls her mom. Shayda calls her mom to, you know, kind of share her thoughts on everything. And she says, I really don't feel like I know this person right now, this Bilal, because the Bilal we saw, what did you see? And then the mom says <laughs> the same thing. Stylish, very nice, very well put together. And she shows her mom the ceiling. And her mom is cackling, cackling and gave me every bit of life that I needed, man. She says, is this America for you? This is what you, (laughs) this is your king. This is what you, you you flew across the world for this girl. If you don't get your ass back on this plane and come home. Um, yeah. Um, this was fun, you know, like the, but mom solidified exactly what she's saying. It's not about her wanting this lifestyle uh, and using you for it and being disappointed that she got there and it wasn't that. It's that you presented something that you were not. I know you had Asia on the podcast last week and we, uh, you know, all playfully call her Asia Wells. But if I show up <laughs> at Asia's crib and it is, you know, a little ghetto, I'm like, Asia, I thought you was Asia Wells. Like, I'm very open about, like, I am country and, and ghetto ratchet. Like, my living quarters is not like a, uh, like an Asia Wealth like a Your AC's song. down right now, man. My AC's down in Texas right now. So look, look, that's the kind of squalor I'm living in. But like, <laughs> so when you pull up and you're like, oh yeah, this is normal. This is what Chappelle told me. I'm not showing up. Like, why is it hot in here? Like, you know, I ain't got no AC girl. Damn. You know, but like you pull up to Asia crib, I'm expecting air conditioning at the very least, you know? So I think that's kind of what is happening here. And Chaita just has the like, She's trying to roll with the punches because she knows that she didn't come off great in her reaction. Again, I think her reaction was valid, but you know, in those situations, 
it it could hurt that other person's feelings, right? And so like uh I think she might have she might have been dragging him a little too much for his own ego. But aside from that, I don't think she really did anything wrong. But it was fun to see her mom agree with her in every way. But her mom talked her down. You know, she did mm-hmm. say, you know, you don't have to, like, you know, you can give this some time. You know, like, it, you didn't come don't there for material the things. Brush. Don't rush the brush. You know, I'm going to start saying that, too. Don't rush the brush, baby. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's a great don't- thing. Hey man, don't rush the brush, baby. That's gonna be my new uh sign out on the podcast. And that's and that's Chappelle. Don't rush the brush. <laughs> like your Julie Chen moon vest sign off. Yes, yes. And and the Lord said, Don't rush the brush. <laughs> <laughs> well, after her mom tells her, you know, money and material things aren't everything and gives her the don't rush the brush speech, we see another scene, and that's where you've already referenced this, where Bilal has the audacity to tell us that yeah, Shaida started last night with a D minus, maybe an F. Um, I thought uh, put a U in front of that F, and that's what I'd give you, Bilal, because uh, that ain't in it. Okay, that is not it. But he tells us that the whole plan was we're gonna go have lunch at my mom's. That's the plan. We're gonna go to lunch with my mom. That's what's gonna happen. But we find out he is gonna drive her to their house and surprise her with the house. Okay. And then on the drive over, Shaida tells us in confessional, as we're driving, I'm noticing the houses are changing. They're becoming more upscale. And this is kind of the expectation I had for Bilal. This is what I expected us to have. And of course, we get to the house. They get in. And Bilal says, welcome to your new home. And Shaida's entire demeanor changes. Like She is relieved. She is excited. She is happy. All her worries have left her body. And again, begs the question of, you did not need to do this prank because, Chappelle, and I'll, I'll put this up and then I'll ask you a big question here. She tells us, moving forward, I will always be skeptical of what he says 100% now. So all he did was cast doubt into himself for the future in this relationship because she now knows that situations may not be as they seem with Bilal, which is not a great takeaway from what he was trying to get with a prank. Yeah, and even worse, probably, he has set doubt in himself from himself as well, right? So now he's yep. not even confident that she came here for him because what she, what he sees is somebody who, when she was presented with humble beginnings, she didn't like it. She pushed back. She gave us some attitude. She was very salty about it. Um, you know, they weren't connecting on that. And then as she's driving toward the bigger homes, her eyes are lighting up. She's like, it's like she sees Disney World in the, in the distance. She's like, Oh my God, look at the houses. They're so good. Like, this is what I came here for. And she comes in the house. She's so happy that she literally falls to the ground and prays like legit, like, <laughs> she was that happy and I know if he has already convinced himself that okay she seems like she's materialistic based on our first interaction uh, at the other house this is going to solidify that Um, like he's looking at her like oh yeah 100% like you could not like you weren't even nearly as happy like it's not like I gave you billions of dollars it's just a different house and so now he has tricked himself into this spot because I still don't blame her for this this is him um, he played a stupid game and when you do that you win stupid prizes and now look at him with his clown nose on whole jackpot of a stupid prize for uh, for Bilal here yeah so mm-hmm. she you know she tells us that and then she calls this place an oasis of sophistication which is a great great tagline for one's house I feel like that's the highest compliment that is very nice Um, but he shows her this room that he's dedicated to her in this house, which is a kind of like a yoga studio, yoga room type situation. 
And on the wall, he's put a, he's framed this article that was about her and her, I think her business on the wall, which immediately gives her a rush of like sentiment and, and feeling. And she's so happy. And she apologizes again. What immediately on the spot. I feel like that showed her that he cares, which is great. And I think it's still going to take her a little bit to get off of the, why did you prank me? That made no sense. Why are you testing me? Because that was the thing she said right now she feels relief, but part of her feels like she was put through hell for nothing. And she, she said she, I left everything. I left everything that I know to be with him. I trusted him, but then to put me in this test makes me feel like he doesn't trust me. So now there's no trust for her with him. And then with him, there was already not a lot of trust with her or there was trust, but he tested that trust. So even if he fully trusts her now, she doesn't fully trust him. It is messed up, but I will say I'm very happy we got that scene of her in the little yoga studio of hers because it's very nice that that she gets to have her own space, a taste of what she left behind here because she rented a place before and now she has her own dedicated space to escape Bilal's nonsense, which I think she really needs. Right. But it's his stupid ass plan that is going to ruin, you know, them moving forward. Not to say that they're not going to make it as a couple, but now the, the conflict is there. The seed has been sown because she doesn't trust him anymore, but he does not trust her because of the reaction that she had. So it's not like even if she saw the, the, what did she call it? Her namaste room or yoga room. Like if she saw that room and thought, Oh, he's so thoughtful. He really put a lot of effort into this. Yes, it was a stupid prank, but I forgive him completely. That would be fine. Like she would be well within her right to do that, but he's never going to let this go. He's still going to be like, you weren't really grateful that one time when I showed you my childhood home. Like, it's going to come back up. And so I'm like, you are doing this to yourself. The call is coming from inside the house. You're the villain. You're the villain. And so I'm hoping that, I don't know. I, I honestly, I don't know what's going to happen with them. I mean, she is just so beautiful. I just don't know why you play in this woman's face. Oh, my God. But yeah, yeah, I got I mean, nothing. Listen, I'm hoping for the best for them. I'm hoping for the best for Shaida specifically. And the next time on, we do see that they're going to have dinner with his family and his family do ask about the old house, which I'm not ready for that conversation. I feel like the show made it made it seem like it was going to be dramatic. For all we know, it's going to go by pleasantly. And with Shaida at the wheel, I feel confident that it will go by pleasantly. It's just if Bilal's clown ass decides to put her in the spot and be like, well, she didn't really approve of our place, which, again, that is not the takeaway here. She wasn't, you know, angry at the play especially she didn't know it was your childhood home you told her that after the fact so whatever she said at that point it's just plain old mean and incorrect for you to bring in as if she said that about your house so i hope he doesn't but it's Bilal, so he probably will and i'm gonna get angry all over again next week but for now we can stay content we can be cool and i think this next couple made minimal waves this week so it'll be a perfect segue for us to go over to cool family and that is Eve and Muhammad. Now, Eve and Muhammad, we didn't, we met them last week. We didn't learn a lot about Muhammad. We mostly learned about Eve and the story of how they met. And now she's picked him up from the airport. Okay. Picked him up from the airport. And Muhammad is 25 years old. He's from Alexandria, Egypt. He's very soft spoken and very, very chill from what I can feel from him right now. Mm hmm. Yeah. So this Eve and Muhammad thing, I'm like, trying to figure it out still because he's 25 now but Puya what they've been dating they've been or at least known each other for what two years now or like right at least 
uh ish yeah i believe so yeah okay because she yeah. did go visit him so they have mm-hmm. gone through the pandemic two-year period yes right so he was roughly 22 23 when she met him and she was roughly 45 and that changes things she's for me not like 47 she's for she's 48 right is she for no is she yeah i, I think eve is 48 uh, now i gotta go check notes. yeah let yeah, me check my notes let me check my notes from last yeah. week here. I don't. Maybe I just think she's, she's old. forty-eight. You are right. Yes, <laughs> I was like, it's not that she's old. My issue is that at forty-five, I don't know what what business you have with a twenty-two-year-old. I will give you a pass for twenty-five and forty-eight, but forty-five and twenty-two—that's slightly different. So I feel like this man and men mature a lot slower than women do in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, whatever. Um, I feel like. You went and found an immature person, not to say that he's like immature in a bad way, but he had not fully matured into a grown ass adult. Um, and now you're like, I'm ready to get married with him. Like, lady, you have lived twice his lifetime. Like you have seen things that he won't see. Like you've seen, you've lived lives. You've experienced things that he won't, that he has not, he can't fathom. And you're like, now come live with me. So yeah, I think he's all spoken because it's a little boy. There's a little boy, you know, he a grown ass man, but that's a little boy. At least he was when they met. And so mm, he is you know, still Chappelle, though. That's the thing. Boy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, and you are hitting some points here because so we meet Muhammad. He's 25 years old. We learn that this is his first trip on a plane out of his home country. So it's this first time mm-hmm. out of Egypt directly into a marriage here. And based on what we've been hearing from him throughout the episode, I do think that, you know, Specifically speaking on Muhammad, I do think his maturity, he's not quite there yet as far as real life responsibilities, adult responsibilities. And this comes up in a big way when he has that confessional where he talks about his perfect woman will love him as he's like, my perfect woman, she will love me as my mother. And I told Asia this last week where I was like, if I translate this from, uh, you know, Arabic to English, I think it comes off a little bit harsher. And I still maintain that. I still believe that the saying itself is not quite. But then they didn't show us this last week. He expands on it and it becomes a little bit worse because he says, you know, someone that can prepare everything for you and make your life easier. That's what I was looking for. And that's when I thought, oh my God, um, maybe I was a little bit wrong there. I definitely think that the expectations Muhammad has will be different than the expectations Eve has. Because aside from the age difference, even if we remove the age difference, um, Eve has a 12-year-old son that she has been raising who I don't think Muhammad's going to have the first idea of how to, you know, co-parent in any way. So it's that's going to be a difficult thing. Combine that with the fact that we um, are hearing some more of his expectations. We're hearing him say that he sacrificed a lot to move, which is, not incorrect. He has left everything he knows and loves back in Egypt, moving here, no family, no friends, put all of it aside to, you know, take a chance on romance. But he believes that she also has to sacrifice some stuff. And I don't quite know what that entails because I think that he thinks she hasn't sacrificed anything. And I'm not ready for that, for that clash. I really am not. Oh yeah. See, 
my issue with Eve is not that she's old. I don't think that she's old. She's 48. That's not old. I think that she is dealing with someone who is mentally young and she is more mature than him. And Correct. so now she has to deal with his elementary explanations of what he would like in a wife. And I think like he might be even immature for a 25 year old. So for him, or maybe it's just cultural. Maybe that's just like him trying to find the words to say what he's trying to say. Like you were saying, you tried to uh, like, like translate it and it sounded even worse than it was, you know, like, He's saying, I want somebody who will take care of me and make my life easier. And like, of course, like maybe in some archaic way, like, you know, if you wanted to put a wife on paper and say, like, what do you want in your wife? Of course, you will want somebody who is going to help care for you and you're going to care for yourself, you know, as well. And you and vice versa. And then also you would like that both of y'all would make each other's lives easier. But coming from him, it sounds like he wants a mother. Like he would like a maternal figure, somebody who is older, like Eve, who can cook and clean for him and so that he doesn't have to do those things. And so maybe he didn't mean that, but those are the words that came out of his mouth. And that's kind of why we got to go with, oh, gosh, sir, do you want a wife or do you want a mama? And or I mean, or a sugar mama, because that's it. Eve was calling herself the sugar mama. Like it's it's a lot going on here. But at the end of the day, it's like Muhammad. You got to grow up uh, telling this woman that she needs to sacrifice. It's interesting because I kind of understand what he's saying, Puya. Like she didn't even have that bidet and that for him. He's like, I didn't ask you for much. No. And, <laughs> and that is like his one ask, which I do think puts a good magnifying glass on Muhammad and his background. So he is Muslim from mm -hmm. what he explains to us about the importance of the bidet. He is a practicing Muslim. So praying five times a day, um, he even talks to us about how, you know, living with your fiance is not really a thing where he comes from. But in his eyes, they're they're like they're married. So it's mm -hmm. it's fine. And his mom is fine with it. So as long as his mom's fine with it and he's fine with it, it should be fine. So put all of that together. I do think the bidet plays a heavier role for him than maybe people might realize. I come from you know, born and raised in Dubai. We have a like a water bidet thing attached to every bathroom like built in not mm -hmm. as a side extra so that i feel like was a blunder i don't think he knows that she has like gone through her wardrobe and taken some of the more um less conservative clothings out so i don't think he knows that yet so she's definitely made a sacrifice in that regard i think she's making a sacrifice in having him move here because she is going to be bearing the financial burden of him for like many many months but the thing with with Muhammad is, and if I have this correctly, I believe he lived with his family until he moved. I lived with my family until I moved age 19. And I've said this, you know, Liana knows this about me. I think I've said this on a podcast or two, but I lived very much a immature life. I didn't do, I didn't really have, I didn't do my own laundry, you know, I didn't like prepare food. So I kind of didn't realize how much my mom had done for me until I moved out on my own. And then I had to figure all that out. But I feel like for him, he's moving from that household without the period of time where you go through the maturity phase, the left to your own, the self growth. He's going immediately into the situation with Eve. And he might be having those expectations of like, yeah, Eve will put food on the table. Eve will like, you know, help out here, 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 whatever. So I think, and again, we're very much trying to, analyze this with not a lot of content yet for them because we we're only on episode two but if i'm looking into the future and i'm basing this on some of the other couples that i may have seen and my own maturity level at age 19 when i moved it is a little bit jarring it is a little bit terrifying because 
I feel like she has gone through a lot in her life and has experienced a lot of things in her life that Muhammad simply has not. So mm-hmm. it's it could be a recipe for disaster or they complement each other perfectly and he, you know, is eager to learn and picks up stuff as he goes along. We'll just have time will tell, basically, is where we're at. Yeah, but I, I would ask that Eve try to meet him where he's at in a way, because I think she might be under the incorrect impression that this is a husband already. You know, like right. he showed up and she was like, Oh, good, you're here. Oh, you mentioned the bidet. You can go install it. And he's like, What? Why isn't it installed? Like at my house, I would have never had to install this one, probably for cultural reasons. Like it's probably already done, but also. My mom and they would do this stuff for me. I I am not familiar with the idea that I have to go do it. And so he's like, I guess we can figure it out together. But I think she kind of was looking at him like, okay, you are the man of the house. It's your bidet. You want it. So awkward when (laughs) she was like, I haven't gotten the bidet done yet. And and all we hear is Muhammad say, You will get it done. (laughs) What do you mean? (laughs) He's like, like, No worries. You'll get it. Yeah. Don't stretch yourself out, babe. You got it. Like, uh, I'll be over there sitting down watching TV. Um you make sure you get that bidet going. Honestly, I kind of respect the energy. Like, don't, don't, don't question your own skills, girl. You can do whatever you want. You put your mind to it. Go and get that bidet hooked up. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing is that I, I do feel like Muhammad is going to be a very interesting person to follow this season because he even has that conversation where he says about the lack of bidet. He's upset, but he feels like this is an example of the culture in America is different than what he experiences in Egypt, which is the correct look, correct uh, read. Now the question is, Will they find compromises? Because I do kind of understand what you're saying in that she should meet him at where he is, but also he should hopefully realize that he is not at where he thinks he is, because I don't think he necessarily realizes where he's at either, which is why I said at the top, this communication is key. Before I moved to the U.S., Liana and I, about two months out, Liana and I had a very serious conversation where she said, so these are my expectations. Like, I'm obviously going to be at work 12 hours a day. Like, you can't work. So how stuff is on you? Are you okay with that? I was like, yeah, of course I'm okay with that. You got to handle this, 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 this. I was like, oh, yeah, easy, easy done. Easy done, of course. And I meant it. But then I moved and I was like, oh, I did not realize this is a lot more difficult than the easy breezy yes I gave. Like, it's definitely a learning curve to it. There's definitely a lot more that I got to be doing that I'm not doing. So even with us having talked about it a couple months prior, it still was a heavy, like it wasn't a soft landing out the gate. It was definitely difficult. There was improvements. There were compromises. It was like, okay, so start doing it this way, then do this way. Like credit to Liana for dealing with my nonsense for, for as long as she has, because I definitely came out the gate a lot less prepared than I thought I was, but I was confident. I was in the gibbery mode of like, everything will be easy. Let's just be positive. Mm-hmm. Life is a lot harder than than the clouds will have you believe. And I live in the clouds a lot. So luckily, I have Liana to bring me down when I need to be brought down back to reality. And I can raise Liana back up to the clouds when she needs to be brought up to the clouds. So we balance each other. But this is not my relationship on trial. It's e- even Muhammad's. And yeah. with them, I will see where it goes from here, Chappelle. Now, in the next time on, we don't even see them. So yeah. even Muhammad are getting that lovely, lovely bye week. We're going to meet a new couple next week, uh, Patrick and, and Thais. So I'm keen to see how that plays out because based on what we got, the little snippet from them that we got, they're going to be a mess too. Everyone's a mess pretty much. And uh, it's a lot this season. But 
when it's a lot for a couple, that means the 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 juice is great. The juice is messier too, and it's a good time, Chappelle. Yeah, that's why we came here. It's the hot mess experience. We didn't come here to see all the happy relationships. Don't get me wrong. I love a good happy one. I love a good happy relationship, but just one. You know, the rest of these could be a mess, and then we could talk about them. Um, and I'm hoping that even Muhammad, I, I want them to get their stuff together because, you know, I want all these people to be happy at the end of the day. Um, until they piss me off and then I want nothing mm-hmm. but, you know, horrible things for them. But, you know, like either get it together or be a hot ass mess so we can enjoy you not getting it together, you know, like, but this like little snippet here and there. I don't like that. Like, you got to commit, commit to the bit. Uh, Muhammad, tell her, just go in there and tell her to go fix that bidet. That's what I want to see. Walk in the room and be like, the bidet ain't done yet. Damn. Yeah, you know, you like that's, <laughs> that's what I want. Come with the audacity or not, Muhammad. We need to find right. out. <laughs> come on, man. Commit, commit to the bit. Come on. Oh let's my do God. it. <laughs> All right, Chappelle, let's take one last break. When we come back, we will talk about Emily and Kobe. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, so Emily and Kobe, after two long years and a whole lot of story in between, Emily and Kobe are finally together in the same spot. Now, with Emily and Kobe, Kobe lands, and he has a son, of course, that he hasn't gotten the chance to meet yet in person, Coben, and he really wants to do that. He, that's all he wants is to, is to meet his son, and he's excited. Now, last week, we find out that Emily's plans are a little bit different. She wants, to, she wants them to stay in the city for the night, hang out, have a little date night, rekindle the romance since it's been a minute, and then go home. And I thought, okay, well, this is fine, whatever, but... We find out she has not told Kobe about this. Kobe has landed, has taken a seven-hour flight, whatever the long the flight is, from Africa, from Cameroon, with the understanding that when I land, I get to meet my baby boy. But she did not disclose these plans, Chappelle. So naturally, there's friction. I don't know what it is with these 90 day fiance couples that make them feel like they should be surprising someone after they fly across the country to live with them. Like when somebody decides to uproot their life and leave their family and everything that they hold dear to go live with you, you need to be making that transition as smooth as possible. These jokes, I brought up Steven and Alina again, you know, earlier, but like, I'm, I will never forget the way Alina showed up and was like, excuse me, what do you mean we're not living together? You know, so stuff like that. I just don't understand. It doesn't work. 
the um this whole thing with um Bilal and this fake house, you know, like it doesn't work. So Emily being like, I know he wants this, but this is what I'm gonna give him because it's what I want. It's not going to work. This man has never met his child. And Emily says the most important line of this whole episode. She says that if I, I, I as a mother, if it was me, I would want to meet my child. I wouldn't want no date night first. I would want to see my baby first. But I'm not giving it to him. Excuse me? That's not even fair. Could you imagine, Puya, this this woman's child? She hasn't seen this child in two years, ever. She's never met him. Let's just say she had the baby and she was rushed off to America and he's been keeping the baby the whole time. She gets off the plane, the first thing she's going to want to do is touch her child. And this woman's like, yeah, but I bought you some sexy lingerie. No, that's not how this works. You have to prioritize the child this time. Especially if you didn't know ahead of time. So here's my thing, right? I think if Kobe knew ahead of time, hey, so we're going to hang out together for the night, then we're going to go. I don't think he budge, he like fights it like he is in this car because he's had this expectation. Again, he's, you know, sleeping on that plane, thinking about the first time he's going to get to see Coben and that it's coming soon in an hour, two hours, three hours. So then naturally this happens. And I love her reveal. Again, you, you mentioned this 90 day fiance. Call. They love a little good surprise. Like, hey. Like, give me my bag. Get my bag from the back. All right. I was thinking we do this instead. And it's lingerie. Now, naturally, they're a couple. And he's like, oh, this is very nice. I like this quite a bit. But I don't think, at least I'm hoping that Emily doesn't feel like this is a knock against her so much as it is. I want to see Coben. Like, I don't think he's rejecting her. You know what I mean? But she has also told us about her journey as a mom and the like having a mom bod and the transformation her body's gone through through childbirth and the worry she has that they might not have that same chemistry or that his opinion has changed or however you want to put so i by no means i'm going to try and assume how she feels or what she should feel at all i'm hoping that she doesn't but i can't you know if it if it's how she feels it's how she feels so naturally it's a very difficult subject matter for them to to go through when they haven't really talked about any of this. Now, ultimately, he agrees to go through with the date night instead. He agrees to go through with the date night instead. He tells us that uh, in camera, he feels like she's being a little selfish. Let me meet my son. But ultimately, it works out. Emily does tell us that she's worried because if he's not going to make this a priority now, then when will he make it a priority? Y'all do have 90 days. Like, this priority is not gone. Just I want to meet Coben. I want to meet Coben, you know? Let let this man see his child. Like, I, I don't, like, I get what she's saying about her. She has an body image issue. She she legit gave birth. She brought life into the earth. Like, so, like, I, that takes a lot out of you. That makes you, that changes your, your physical makeup, you know, to where I know, I know that she's, like, insecure. And she's saying those things. But, lady, you are letting your own insecurities get in the way of this man meeting his child for the first time. Like, I'm sorry. I I just don't think that that's something you can do. You have to put yourself on the back burner just this once so he can meet his child. I just feel like you should have showed up at the airport with the kid in hand. That's just me. Now, pulling out little fancy panty drawers or whatever, like, hey, check out this lingerie. And he was like, Kobe was feeling it. He's like, you know, I remember that lingerie. I got something like that, too. And I was like, I I got some fancy drawers. I, uh, you know, I dabble (laughs) every now and then. You know what I'm saying? Uh, But So I felt them. I was like, all right, y'all. Okay, I see y'all, my people. But at the same time, where's my baby? You know what I'm saying? Like, if this was her, 
she would have wanted to see her baby. She said it with her own mouth. So I, I can't excuse that from her. Like, I get it. And this is, like you said, this is day one and they have 90 days and they instantly start to get into these conversations that could be put off for one more day. She starts talking about rings and all this other stuff. Like, can this man just land first? You know, can he get comfortable? Can he meet his child? Y'all sit down. Y'all can talk. Y'all can do the nasty stuff later on. You know, let him meet his baby. Low key, when I travel for longer than four hours through plane, even if there's no baby, I might want to shower and like lay down, depending on how, how like bad the trip was. So it's so difficult because there's so many things wrapped into, to all of this. But ultimately, mommy and daddy time, they agree. They're going to have some mommy daddy time. And that's Chappelle, you're shaking your head. That's the phrase that was used. When can he be his a daddy to his child? Tomorrow, Lady. Chappelle. Dang. Tomorrow. T- tomorrow. 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 No, like let this man see his baby. I was just like, I was sitting there the whole time in shock. Like, we're having mommy and daddy time. He's like, I I can do that with you, but can I for the first time meet my child? Like, we can legit, I can meet the child, put the child down. Go in the other room and do mommy daddy stuff. Like you, lady, let me see my baby. So I just, I get it. They're moving in with her parents, so they're not going to have the freedom that she would like. Right. But still, let me see my baby. I, I just cannot let that go. And you well, know me, I'm team toss the kids. But like at the same time, <laughs> like you, once you get one, take care of the kid. So you know, I don't know. It was frustrating for me. Well, and and the thing is, is that um, when it comes to the history of the relationship, we can dive on this a little bit. They initially started in in what they thought would be a one night stand. Their relationship was a lot more physical than it was anything else for the most of the time they were in the same spot. So now for two years, they were put on the ultimate test. A relationship that was strictly physical for the most part has now become something bigger. So finding out if the physicality is still there when it was very important. I can, you know, again, I can, I can see both sides to the situation. I think ultimately I also do lean on the, you know, Kobe wanting to see Kobe and I get more, but nonetheless, we're having mommy, daddy time, Chappelle. They're going to go to this restaurant. Okay. Have a nice dinner. And Kobe's not really feeling too comfortable at this establishment. Yeah. I mean, he is, he lived in China is what I'm, is what he was saying. Right. That's where they, that's where they met. Yeah. That's where they were together. He was on the model there. Yeah, he's used to standing out. Like he's a the black guy in China, you know. And so I think what he is looking around and seeing that this is not the most diverse community either. I think they're in Albuquerque, right? Or no, this is not. No, they're not in Albuquerque. That's the other couple. I don't remember where they uh, are. Are they but, in Kansas City? Yeah, they're in. They're in no, I thought Bilal was in Kansas City. Are they both in Kansas let me, City? Let me pull the notes. Let me pull the notes right Yeah, quick. I was like, I don't know. But listen, <laughs> listen, here's the thing. He's looking around and he don't see no black people. And I get that. Yeah, I, I get that. Like, you look around, you don't see no black folk. You're like, hey, are we ever going to leave this town? Like, do we have, like, any prospects of living someplace where there's a little bit more color, where I would feel more comfortable? And like, like I said, this is day one, and they're already on, like, some serious conversations, like, about where they're going to live. She's bringing up the ring. She's talking about money. And I'm just like, dog, he just got off the plane. You know, like, Y'all should have talked about this before he got there, or y'all can talk about this tomorrow morning after the nap, after the nasty time. You know, like you, this is just for me. This is a mood killer. Like you thought it was going to be a physical thing that might be the, th- the reason why y'all aren't connecting, 
Um, but it seems like these other external factors are going to be the thing to keep y'all from enjoying Mr. Nasty time the way y'all want to. Yeah, well, that's the thing. So, so the plan, the objective now has become tonight is nasty time to mommy, daddy time, mm-hmm. um, adult activity time. But yeah. then the dinner conversation doesn't quite is not the best foreplay to get there, not the best segue to get there. So in the middle of this stuff, um, Emily says, listen, just quick question. You sold the cafe, right? And we had learned last episode that he had invested in the cafe before he would get there. He says, yeah. And she said, you broke uh, and, and you broke even. Like, what do you mean broke? She's like, no, no, no. It's a phrase. Like, did you get all your money back? And he's like, yeah, I got my money back. And then she's like, well, how much money did you bring? Like, well, that'll be a surprise. And <laughs> we love surprises. <laughs> again, it's the staple of 90 day. If, if the couples don't surprise each other, do they even give cast? Probably not right. at this point. Right. Get your visa if you're not a surpriser. Yeah, exactly. So she, he says that it's a surprise and, and she, you know, is not able to just leave it because honestly, if you say it's a surprise, that just raises more questions than it puts it to bed for me as well. So she starts asking a little bit more and says, well, listen, cause I want my own ring. I want my own ring. And she tells us this ring is super fake and I want a real ring to pass down to my kids and like generations and this ring isn't it. And all I was thinking was, listen, if, if you wanted mommy daddy time, this isn't exactly the best time to bring all this up. It's not a good conversation. But right. um, she tells us, I don't, he, she tells him, I don't want a stupid hundred dollar ring. I want a proper ring. We need wedding outfits. We need like money. So how much money? And all I can think is, yo, I don't, think like i think did they mention two thousand dollars was invested in this cafe like i don't know yeah. how much money do you think he's bringing if the two thousand dollars was absolutely important that he brings you know what i mean like it's not going to be like i don't think it's like thirty thousand dollars that he's bringing potentially here i really don't yeah and she's just like i don't think he's like i think he's too prideful to admit that he doesn't have any money i'm just like lady y'all should have talked about this before he flew here and to move across like and i know y'all don't have this a lot a now convo it's a before convo absolutely right like you should yeah, like, there should be no surprises when it comes to y'all financial situation because he cannot work for 90 days you know so it's like what are you gonna do um yeah this is not the type of conversation i would like to have before uh mr nasty tom you know like if it was if if this was happening to me my little fancy draws would be so tight i would drawstring them bitches up you know like <laughs> i was like oh no no baby we ain't doing this uh I, I look closing my card again how dare you i am a man of god you would never you're never getting in these draws again lady you're talking to me about money like investments i want to see my child damn it um yeah, this was this is like a mood killer, and especially you start arguing about a ring. It's like I just got here. I don't have a job yet. Can I have ninety days to maybe get a paycheck so I could buy you a real ring? Well, like, you know, thing. like is that the up? energy that she was coming in with the questions to was very inquisitive. Which again, I totally get that this is something the two of you need to know and be on the same page for. But this energy plus the timing of this conversation plus factoring the flight the Coben compromise that y'all have agreed to and the sexy time. I don't think the equation fits. I no longer think the equation fits. I think it's going to be tough, but Hey, this is kind of where they leave us. So the, do they get to do that? Do they not do anything? We don't know. I assume everything's fine. Sexy time goes according to plan because next episode, he's going to get to meet Coben. And let me tell you, Chappelle, regardless of the disagreements, these two are going through, regardless of the argument here, I cannot wait for Kobe to meet Coben. It's going to be probably the most touching scene of the entire season. I'm excited. 
And I look forward to seeing these three as a family and how they go from there. I can't wait. Yeah, same. You know, I, I love when we see uh Binyam with uh Ivy and so I think this is gonna be no different. And so like I said, let this man see his baby. That's all I could say. That that's really that's the only note I have on my paper. Let this man see his baby. <laughs> well, and and you brought them up, so might as well go to the final couple of the night, and that is Ari and Binyam. Now Ari and Binyam are no strangers to the 90 day fiance uh show. Hell, they're not even Strangers to the Hot Mess Express, that is 90 Day Fiance Wrap Up. We have covered them in detail in previous seasons. But just to give you a little refresher, Ari and Binium. Binium's from Ethiopia. Ari is from Jersey. They met um, during one of Ari's trips to Ethiopia. They hit it off. There was a pregnancy. She decided to move to Ethiopia to have the baby there so that they can live together. Ari... Uh, sorry, Binium did not have a good setup there for their housing. So that was a struggle. They fixed everything. They were living together. They got engaged. Everything seemed to go smoothly. But then when baby Avi was born, um, a little bit later, baby Avi had a hernia and they elected to have Avi's surgery happen in the States. So then uh, Ari and Avi left to the States to have the procedure. Binium couldn't go with them because he didn't have a visa, obviously. In that time span, there was a lot of drama. There was a lot of accusations thrown both ways. Uh, Biniam kept switching off his phone anytime they had conflict and he had people coming in and out of the house. And Ari did not take to that really well. There was a lot of family drama. Uh, Ari does not have a good relationship with his siblings. It's, it's a complete mess. They ended up deciding on a compromise that she would, she, cause she didn't want to come back to Ethiopia. She said, I'm not coming back to Ethiopia and I'm not bringing Avi back at all. Not, that's not happening. However, we can move to Kenya and try again there. So they moved there. As they were in Kenya, he got the interview call up to do his interview. He had to go back to Ethiopia for that. Now, here's where we've picked up now. This is this was all in the past. Here's where we are now. So now they are in Ethiopia. He has been approved for his visa. And they are moving to the States in three days. Now, three days, why is this significant? Because... Binium has decided I haven't told my family in, uh, about this yet. And surprise. <laughs> big surprise. I'm going to listen. I'm going to let them know the night before. It's going to be great. This is a recipe made for disaster. And we've only just met them for the five minutes so far in the show. Chappelle. Wow. If my family didn't tell me about a move that they're upping and leaving, not the country, not the city, the continent. I would have words for them. Like, this is not something you just spring on me last second. I'm sorry. I don't care. You can't. Yeah. It, it's, it's a surprise. And we just, we covered that. I mean, I don't have to go back over that. Just stop it. Um, but it's also this particular family and this particular couple, right? Like his family hates her. They hate Ari so much. Um, yep. like I don't think. There have been other couples where the siblings are like feeding you like uh testicles and stuff like that as a joke. I don't think anybody has a hatred like uh these women do for Ari and Binyam kind of just allows it to happen a lot of times. You know, like I'm actually kind of impressed that Ari stands up for herself because she's constantly like under fire for this. They blame her for everything that Binyam yep. does. Like they're like 
she's manipulating him. She is pushy. She's a control freak. He's only doing this because of her. And I think there is there are hints of truth to that, but he's also a grown ass man and can take responsibility for the things that he's doing. Um, so seeing this interaction, it's kind of like this is the messiest of the mess, right? Like, so it's kind of like if you came here for a hot mess, this is the couple, they're gonna give it to you. But I'm kind of just like, God dang, just just go, just go away. Just tell these people bye. Go try to be a family for your child. Uh, we find out here that maybe Ari and Binyam are just together for the child. Like Binyam is like, I'm gonna do whatever it takes to be around my baby. So if yeah. I gotta be with her, then I'm gonna do it, but I also love her. And now I'm starting starting to think, well, you know, is this more about the baby than it is about the couple? Uh, you know, the family has those questions. The friends have those those questions, and we end up watching them. We watch Ari get a drink thrown in her face, real housewives style. So it was this was a lot, Puya, but this was the mess. This was the hot mess express. Choo choo, we on it. We are on it. And that's the thing is that the the history with with Ari and his family and Biniam and her family, it's always been bad. It's always been complicated. Ari uh Binium, sorry, comes in with a whole past of his own where he has a previous marriage, previous relationship where um, that counterpart was also American. He has a son with with her and she moved to the States and never came back. And he's never seen that other child of his. So he's had that. He was scared that he was going to lose out on this family as well with everything that was going on. And he's clearly trying everything he can to be together with Avi and make things work with Ari, even though they both know they have problems. They believe they're on the mend and they're going to get things sorted. But you've already mentioned. Her, his family do not mess with her. On the other side, we find out that when he gets to the States through the conversation between Ari and her mom, Ari's parents have bought them an apartment and got them an apartment in the same complex they live in for them to stay at. And if there's one thing I can tell you about Ari's mom is that she is very much involved in this, in this relationship through a big way. Like her thumb is on the scale constantly and Ari and her are very close. So now Binyam's going to move to the other side of the world. To live there with her parents being like a door next. And that's, I think, going to have its own issues that we're going to get to later in the season. But for now, we're still in Ethiopia. And again, Biniam has decided not to tell his family anything. So we get a little scene where he's working on some of his music stuff. And he tells his buddies there, that uh, Nati and Tasfish, that, yeah, I'm moving. And I don't know which one of them said this, but from a third person view... Yeah, this isn't the best relationship I've seen. I don't, I, I really don't think this has been the best relationship I've seen. He already has doubts. The friend does. And when they find out that the family's not finding out till the night before, they already know it's going to be a mess. They were outside the, whatever the studio place they had rented. I was like, yeah, this is not going to go well. So Binium has worked on some music. You know, some of these 90 dayers, they love promoting that music. So he has a new song called Dancy Dancy and he has a music video for it that he's going to premiere to the family and the family being his friends. His sisters, Ari, and that's it. That's the family. And that's the night before. So he's going to premiere that. He wants to get him in a good mood, get the drinks in, get the drinks flowing, get the food going. Once everyone's belly's full, they're all satisfied. He's going to break the news. That all sounds fine. What could go wrong? Except when he does tell everyone everything. Like you said, Chappelle, the sisters completely blame Ari. They they think Ari's behind the reason why he didn't say anything because they knew that, oh, she's like nuts and she was going to say she, she didn't want us to like say no because we know how much you complain about her. But this was our uh, Binium's decision all along. 
But when they're hurling these accusations at her, Binion's doing nothing to defend her. Binion just let her take all of it. Spineless jellyfish. Jellyfish, as Sasha would call them, spineless. I'm like, Binyam, this is the mother of your child. And even if you don't like her, you don't want to be in a relationship with her, like, at least just as the mother of your child. But you do want to be in a relationship with her. You are moving to a different country to marry this woman. You should defend her. You should not allow your sisters to treat her like this. Even if you agree with them that sometimes she'd be tripping, you know, like, you brought her to this situation. You honestly could have handled this without her. You should have went to them as, as their sibling and said, hey, I am making this decision because I want to make this decision and I'm going to make this decision because it's what I want to do and y'all going to have to deal with it. And then you deal with the backlash. But having this woman sitting there like taking all the bullets for you because you're still kind of upset that she used to live with her fiance, you know, her ex, and she, you're still kind of upset that she took the baby and went back to the United States. Like, you're still upset about these other things. So you're kind of just willing to let her get beat up a little bit. And I was like, bruh, this is not how you start a marriage because if you can't defend me to your family, I'm not marrying you. I'm sorry. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're not willing to go to bat with me to some people, we're about to leave. We're about to go into a different country and not see them for months. Uh, you can at least say something, say boo, and he and he doesn't. So I was just like, "Wow, Ari, you really should love yourself more." And then, boom, the sister throws the drink in her face, like completely slushied her, like Glee style. Oh. And I thought, "Oh crap, we about to have a fight," but nothing happened. You know, they went outside, they kind of separated. Ari was in shock, um, and Bingham just watched. I mean, literally nothing. He did nothing. Yeah, he did nothing. The sisters stormed off. They even, you know, they talked about that. They hope they don't make it through the 90 days. The producer asked, will they? The sister said, no, 0% they make it through. And again, Ari did tell us that Binium is like the, he's confrontation averse. He avoids it. And that was true. We saw all of that happen. But if, if you're Binium and you want your, he wants his family, you know, he wants his family here to be good. He wants his family there to be good. He's making zero effort to make that work. He's making zero effort to connect the two. And at this point, I don't think that's going to get fixed. They're just going to have to move and deal with it. But then in the next time on, we do see that he talks to his sisters and they demand that Ari apologizes. She has to apologize. And Binium says, all right, let's go to the airport. Uh, you really think Ari's <laughs> going to apologize? She had a drink throw in her face, full red wine to the face. No, yeah, it's not going to happen. Yeah. You are, you've made a tactical error at this point. No, he's crazy. He's crazy as hell. He's crazy as hell. Like if look, I, Ari, she kind of feisty, but she probably going to lose that fight. But I think sometimes you got to fight the fight regardless. Like the sister threw a drink in your face. I'm not telling you to go assault them. But I'm saying if you attack, if you fought back, I don't think anybody really going to look at you crazy. Like, again, you probably going to lose the fight. Some sisters look kind of feisty. They look like they can go. Um, but an apology, you ain't getting one of them. Like, Benjamin, you, bet, you best start speaking up or I'm going to be in the United States with my baby and you not going to be with your baby. Because, see, that's the, that's the reason that I'm soft on Benjamin a little bit just a, a pinch is because I like the way that he interacts with the child. He really like when she was going to move back to the United States, he couldn't even fathom the idea that like, what if she doesn't come back? Like, what if I don't get to see my baby? Like that is why I was so like heavy on the Kobe thing. Like let him see his child. Yeah. But at the same time, if she is connected to the child and you're not going to defend her, you're going to miss out on the baby. So this apology, I don't know 
I don't know. Look, he says he's conflict averse, but it looks like he's bringing conflict into his life. Like there are ways you could have avoided this, and this was not one of them. So I can't wait to see what happens next because I just know it's going to get worse. There's no bright side. There's no upside to this relationship so far. And I am desperate to find out what it is when, when it does. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think that they're going to have a, a very rocky relationship on the show. Once again, I can't think of the last time things were very smooth with them ever, but we'll get there next week. We're going to get more of them next week. So we'll see how everything goes down with them there. Uh, last thing is that on the next time on, we also do see, Kara and Guillermo once again we missed them completely this week they had the bye week and there's a discussion that Guillermo wants to buy this computer Kara says that's the sixth of our budget we don't need it you don't need it that's not happening and Guillermo's a little bit pissed off because he feels like she's trying to be the boss and he has no agency so there's really trouble in paradise with the two of them as well it's just mess on top of mess on top of mess but that's why we call this the hot mess express so we'll get to that next week before we head on out Chappelle there's one last piece of business, and that is, of course, the coveted, the power rankings here mm-hmm. of episode three. So the way the power rankings works is we are going to rank these couples from one to five, one being they are looking the strongest. We think they're going to be most likely to stick around and be together by the end of this. Five being I don't think this is going to last. Now, based on episode three, Chappelle, do you have any preliminary thoughts on on where anyone might go or should we quickly talk this through? We're going to talk this through because I don't think any of them had a good show in this time. You know, like on this episode, all of them look like, honestly, y'all are not on the right foot. Like y'all all starting off in a deficit. Um, probably the most compatible is probably the uh, Jibri and Mia, uh, Miona. Um, but like, but that's just because they get each other, right? Like they like, instinctually like she likes that he's weird and he's weird and she likes it you know like so it works for them but the moving situation is going to be weird you know they're living at home with their moms Shahid and Bilal are in a relationship full of lies um Evis marrying a child um Ari and Binyam are Ari and Binyam so I'm like maybe Kobe and Emily once they get over this thing with the with the kid and the in the in the physical contact maybe they're the one that I'm just not giving a lot of credit to because they had a rough one um but yeah none of them stand out as like easy front runners for me in this episode. So to give you the background of what uh, Asia and I collectively decided last week, Kara and Guillermo were number one. Even Muhammad were second. Jibri and Miona were third. Emily and Kobe were fourth. And Bilal and Shaida were last. Now, in this instance, after everything we've seen tonight, um, and the difficult thing is Ari and Binyam, I genuinely think are going to try and work it out for sure. But they did last. (laughs) They've lasted this far. So yeah, I feel like they might be lasting a little bit further still as well. Um, I think, I think we move. Okay. Belong Shade seem to be getting in a better place. Emily and Kobe seem to be getting in a better place. This is difficult. This is a lot more difficult yeah. than other season. Last season, last season was a mm-hmm. lot more clear to me. Um, Jibri and Miona are going to have a tough go with, with listen, the, the living situation, Jibri's expectation for them to stay longer. The David situation, which I don't see any reparations coming through for. So I think, Chappelle, I think they might be last for me right now. Probably. Uh, especially because, like you said, there's probably no upside to the living situation. Like, they're not moving because they can't afford to. She can't no. work and he broke. So 
they're whatever nightmare she's living on this episode, she's gonna be living in the next episode and yeah. the next episode and the next episode. This entire 90 days, mm-hmm. she's gonna be in that house with this man and his mama and his daddy. And they're not gonna be in California. And when the winter rolls around, they still gonna be there. <laughs> and so that's gonna just slowly start to yeah. eat away at her. So I I think, like I said, I think compatibility as far as like the couple goes, I think they're fine. Like I think if it was the two of them living in a hotel, they would be fine. Um, just weird and loving life. Um, but it would have to be in California, you know, like, like it would need to be somewhere warm and tropical where she, so she could be happy. Um, but yeah, but aside from that, no, I think you're right. I think they have the most obstacles that don't have any foreseeable, like, uh, solution to them. Right. And I, and I do think that, you know, the questions from mom aren't going to stop. The, the chores are going to pile up. There's going to be expectations. The money thing's going to, the conversations that Jibri's trying to avoid will come up at some point and will be very difficult for them to move through. So we'll leave them there for now. The next couple here, um, we have Emily and Kobe, we have Eva Muhammad, we have Bilan Shade, and we have Aryan Binium. I think, I think at this point, um, I think based on everything we've seen, Emily and Kobe probably go to fourth place for me. Because even though I think they're going to be fine moving forward, I think this episode standalone, they had a lot more friction than, than romance, than positivity. Combining the compromise of not seeing Coben with the uh, agreement to do mommy daddy time, then the mommy daddy time turning into a questioning that I don't think Kobe responded to well. Kobe not really loving the surroundings he's in, which I think could lead into him not really loving the city they're in, and they're also going to be living with their with her family. I think we put them here for now, fourth place. Um, it's hard for me to put them at fourth because we didn't see any like a lot of real conflict with them in this episode that like would dissolve a marriage or a relationship. Like, sure, she didn't let you see your baby on day one. Like, I think you can get over that. Y'all are very concerned about the physical, but if it if it works, you know, like it's been two years. But if you if if y'all are still like having the same chemistry you used to have, then that'll be fine. He didn't do any complaining about her body, and so like I don't think her body image issues are like going to be the thing that upends him like we really didn't talk a lot about the living situation so maybe that'll be the thing but I don't know none of it seemed like it was like super strong for me to put them below like Ari and Binyam who we know basically hate each other um so um I would probably put Ari and Binyam right here like they they have no business together I really wish they would just break up uh but you know whatever I so yeah if you if you wanted to put them right here that's fine but um I would need to see more drama from them moving forward fine I'll give you Ari and Binium at fourth. We'll put um, Emily and Kobe at three. Okay. Mm-hmm. That leaves us two couples for this week that we saw, and that is Bilal and Shaida and Eve and Muhammad. Now, I think that this is a climb for Bilal and Shaida. So they went from third place first week, fifth place second week. I think here I'm, I want to give them second spot simply because ultimately with the two of them, they did have some restoration this week. But I think this prank is going to linger forward. I think that this prank is something that might be a bit of a trouble. Um, but also as I'm explaining all this, I think they actually should be in first place. I think even Muhammad have some figuring out to do as far as what does he think she needs to sacrifice? Does she realize that she is going to be dealing with a lot more than she may have signed up for? And we haven't even seen, uh, Theron get added into the mix, her son, or sorry, Theron. So I think that's going to be a whole other obstacle that um uh they that's going to challenge Muhammad. So I think even Muhammad second, I genuinely think Balanche to go first place because at the very least right now, yes, there's still that lingering paranoia from her Chappelle, 
but they are fixed in a way. They are the most fixed of the five, which is wild to think of, but I think is true. Well, they're the most mature couple, just in general, right? Like they're yes. both like he's he's forty two, she's thirty seven. So both of them got good sense. Um, but the bar is on the floor. Puya, the bar is in hell if these people are in first place. <laughs> because like she, yes, will get over probably get over the trick that he played on her. But he is not going to get over that. And I don't Which know if he is a right. And I don't know if he is the personality type to where this isn't going to be a thing again, right? Is he always going to be in like? Well, you should be grateful mode or like you should be lucky that I gave burn you this that life or that, right burn that damn shirt like the fact that you own that shirt makes me want to put you at least a second but when I tell you <laughs> I cannot put Eve and Muhammad at first because it just is a disservice to the entire franchise so yeah I mean for me five way tie for last but if you gotta put somebody first Shaida and Bilal can go there because even Muhammad cannot this this boy this little boy it's a, it's a little boy. I'm sorry, Eve. It's a little boy. Um, you're gonna have to like Puya. I'm getting Jenny and Samit vibes. I just can't. You oh. know how I feel about you, cause she did. There was a little boy, you know, and like Samit. Like, Samit was a little boy. This is true. A little boy. You know when um and and it was that Guillermo. The what was the other couple that's now on this episode? Yeah, Karen um, Guillermo. Guillermo, he's another little boy, right? Like where, like I have to make sure his visa is good, or he's not going to be able to get through them. Because if I don't do it, they're not going to do it. Like, y'all, stop, y'all, these little <laughs> boys, y'all trying to, because you want them to be grown ass men that's going to do stuff that you expect them to do, and they're going to act like children, and then you're going to be looking long in the face, like Jenny, waiting nine, ten years for Samit to grow up, and he will never do it. Um, who are they broken up? Tell me they broke up. They're done. Jenny and Samit. Yeah, not it's probably off topic, but I, I'm I'm praying on their downfall. Well, listen, I want Jenny to be happy again. But also, y'all stop going to find these little kids. These little kids don't be ready. Give them some time. Date a little bit longer. You're like I get it. So it's a visa thing, but you know, just keep in mind that this is a little boy. Meet him where he at and have him step up to where you are. But you're gonna have to come down if you went down there and got a 22 year old. Like that's that was a personal decision. All right, well, Jenny and Smith are still together. Okay. No. <laughs> All right. So to give the audience the final look at the power rankings for this week, Bilal and Shay to first place. Wow. They come from fifth place in to hell. first. What a ride. Even Muhammad stayed the same spot at second. Emily and Kobe move up one to third. Ari and Binium, first time on the list, fourth place. Jibri and Miona in fifth. Now, next week, we will be back. And by the looks of it, we will have six couples to talk about. So with the exception of um, Emily and Kobe, sorry, not Emily and Kobe. Um, who is it? Already missed. Listen, Emily oh, and Kobe, Jibri Miona, Bilal yeah. Shaida, Kara Guillermo, Patrick and Thais. Muhammad. Yes, even Muhammad getting the bye week. Everyone else will be there. So we'll get to talk about them then. But that brings us to the end of this podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening to this. Chappelle, where can the people find you if they're looking for more Chappelle content? Let them know right now. Of course. Puya, I am on the Rob Has a Podcast Network, as you said in my introduction. I am one half of the Nothing But Netflix podcast with Rob Sesternino. And so every week, Rob and I are talking about Netflix properties, Netflix uh, movies and television shows. And then we recap them so you don't have to watch them because apparently Netflix is going to play in our face until there ain't no Netflix no more. And so subscribe to Nothing But Netflix so we can tell you what you should be watching before Netflix goes ahead and does uh, tanks their whole entire company. Um, so check that out on the Rob Has a Podcast Network. Also, 
Find me on Post Show Recaps talking about The Walking Dead. Fear the Walking Dead just started. So myself, Jessica Lee, AJ Mass, and Josh Wiggler are, you know, covering that until the end of time. And then also on post show recaps, I am talking about Atlanta with Mari Forth. And sometimes Latanya Starks, uh, we're waiting on her to uh to make a return. But until then, Mari and I have been holding it down, covering season three of Atlanta. And so I've been all over the place, but was very happy to be here. So people can follow me on Twitter at Chappelle's underscore show. That's C H A P P E L L S underscore S H O W to keep up with all the, the podcasting that I'm doing because I'll tweet out those links. And last week I got to pop in on Puya's Twitch stream on uh, on Saturday and talk to him and Liana about Marvel movies on uh, uh, the MCU and we ranked them. We did a tier list. And so you can catch me on the VOD on uh, twitch.tv slash Puya. Thank you for that plug, Chappelle. Appreciate it, man. Um, no problem. If you're looking for another podcast from me this week, you will be getting a one that will be the Mass Singer podcast. But a heads up, I do not know when we're going to record. As I said, I will be in New York until Friday. And then I'm not going to really be around Saturday. So this might be a Sunday recording, Saturday recording. You'll get it in the feed in the weekend, hopefully. That is true. And we'll find out who is the last person punching their ticket to the finals of the Mass Singer, which I, of course, cover with the one and only Liana Boris. Uh, Big Brother will be done by then. Big Brother Canada will be done. I did my last update of the season with Taryn. That was last week. You can check that up on the wrap of Network as well. But that brings us to the end of this podcast. We are at the destination of the Hot Mess Express. I hope you enjoyed your time here with us. Let us know. Tweet us at Puyaism at Chappelle's underscore show. Give me your power rankings. Were we off? Were we right? I think this is a more polarizing season for the power ranking because you never quite know where to look at when it comes to these. And of course, if you can leave a rating or review, that would be much appreciated. It allows people to find this podcast. It gives me great feedback from you, the listener. so I can know what's good, what may not be good, and everything in between. Now, time to leave. I hope you enjoyed your stay. Ahamas Express will be ready to go next. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. 
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.